KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there. From KUT and KUTX Studios. This is a story about two guys and how a neighborhood shaped their lives. Testing. This is the first time I've ever used this mic, so you gotta forgive me. That's all right. Get it together. This is Andreas Mueller. I can honestly say this is the first time I've ever been recorded. Oh, yeah? Okay. Openly recorded. (laughs) And this is Matthew Malcolm Kleiman. I'm born in... Brackenridge Hospital in 1979. They grew up together on the east side. Tell me a little bit about your family. Uh, Both my parents are radical activists, hippies. And my mother knew his mother from going to uh, UT from the 70s. So what's a good soundtrack for their childhood? I'm told by my parents the first record I ever heard was Jimi Hendrix Experience. This is how they remember it. Man, we would just little kids run around the neighborhood. If we seen a trampoline in your backyard, we would come knock on your door and ask you, can we jump on the trampoline? It was a family atmosphere. Old people used to sit on their porches and watch us and yelling at us, you know, while we were running through their yards, get off my grass. There were hard parts, too. Money was tight. Andreas's mom was sick with lupus. He started caring for her, even driving her around when he was just a kid. Matthew's parents often weren't around, so they say the neighborhood helped raise them. This is how Matt describes the east side back in the 80s. We were not poor. We were working class people. We were proud working class people. We were people that had everything in our communities and our neighborhoods that we needed. We had mom and pop grocery stores, Roy Lee's on Main Road, okay? And guess what? Black owned mom and pop, they were all over the east side. You know, we never felt welcome on West Austin, which is why we didn't go there. But uh, we were always at home on the east side. I think a lot of people that listen to whatever story comes out of this will probably imagine that you're a black guy. (laughs) Maybe. Here I'm talking to Matt. A lot of people have thought that my entire life, though, especially just... um, just hearing my voice. <laughs> it wasn't Matt. That's White Boy Matt. That's my name. White Boy Matt. <laughs> yeah. My oldest son, whenever he was about two or three, called him White Boy Matt. We all snapped on him. You don't get to call him White Boy Matt. You only call him Matt or Uncle Matt. But I think at that time, that's something that brought us together, too. Yeah. I have to say, like, you know, both of us, for different reasons, weren't really even accepted in our own communities. Matthew, because he was a white guy who identified with black culture. Andreas, because he was mixed race. His dad is African-American. His mom, a white East German immigrant. Came over here by herself and was never married and ended up having, you know, a mixed child and, you know, an immigrant with a minority child, you know, growing up in Texas, you know, was, was something different. That might have been one of our early we're bonding points. We not, not ever knowing. It, and a lot of our other friends were outcasts yeah. in different ways, too, yeah. you know. Things got harder, as they usually do when the guys became teenagers. But it was more than just the usual challenges. Andreas's mom got sicker, Matt's parents divorced. This was in the early 90s, and they say the neighborhood was changing too. Gangs and violence 
kind of started to have this place in East Austin, and it came into my life. Now here, they want to be careful. On one hand, they feel like the East Side got a bad rap when it came to crime. Don't let it be said that, no, you know, we were, we were like the normal. The whole no, like, not at all. No, because it was families over there. Yeah. You know, it yeah, wasn't trying to crack houses kids, right? on every block. Yeah. It was families over there. But on the other hand, they say drug dealing became part of their reality. What's this? This is criminal element, man. This is Texas music. Houston. Yeah, Texas music. But I mean, a lot of this music we used to listen to reflected of what we were in our environment was. You know, we, you know, you, you relate to what you see, what you live. So here's what they saw. Crack hits the street in the 80s. Police, who seem to turn a blind eye to drug use in white communities, start focusing on drug enforcement on the east side. You know, there's lawyers that live on the west side that snort up tons of cocaine, you know what I mean? They think some of that law enforcement created more chaos than it prevented. Older men were incarcerated. Boys like Matthew and Andreas started taking their place. That's, that was the best thing you could give me, knowing that my mom's finna die. Your best info that you can give me that I can take with me all 50 states in America to cook crack. And I can get paid regardless what slum, where I live at. So that was, that's, that was the, the, the teachings of survival. Eventually, both friends did time in prison. When Andreas got out in the early 2000s, he could hardly recognize the East Austin he returned to. Rents were up, a lot of the old businesses were gone, and there were a lot more white people around. You know, something I seen when I first got out of prison was, you know, tripped me out. I caught a white woman walking down 12th Street at 3 o'clock in the morning, even though what am I doing at 3 in the morning? And I was like, I've never seen this. And the entire time, I'm 23, finna be 24 years old, and I've never seen this. Matt noticed it too. You're in your jogging shoes and your yoga pants walking up 12th Street, man. Are you kidding me? But for him, it played a little differently. Now, when I go to the east side, I'm just that white guy on the east side. Yeah, you're just that white guy that came into my neighborhood that bought a house here. A lot of the old neighbors were gone too, and Andreas's mom had passed away. He was in prison and couldn't keep up on tax payments for her house. So when he got out, he lost that too. That was over 10 years ago. But Andreas stayed in town. Matthew did too. They just ended up moving to a different part of it. It was a complete coincidence, but now they live just a few blocks away from each other, down the street from a local school on the south side. Andreas has a wife and kids. When he's not working, he volunteers coaching youth sports. I want to get back because I know how easy it is to get in trouble and not get out. Matt says he's focused on self-improvement, not drinking, not smoking. I'm boring, man. Okay. You know, I'm a tradesperson. I just work uh, with my hands, you know, carpentry, masonry. I like to do some music and stuff for fun. I walk my dogs. That's about yeah, the most you're going to catch me. Yeah, to my practices. Yeah. <laughs> when they get together, they talk about the old neighborhood. They say it won't go back to the way they remember it as kids. The East Side is not going to ever be the East Side again, and it's because people don't want the East Side. And they wonder if the crime they got caught up in somehow ended up contributing to the gentrification that came after. That violence created this uh, excuse, I think, to say, we have to go into this community and we have to fix, fix it for them. But they, but they, were, they were coming from an outside position. What really could fix it? They say it, it all comes down to money. Loans for family-owned businesses, wages that keep up with the cost of living, and funding for improved public schools. For Andreas and Matthew, these solutions seem obvious. 
They just don't seem to get done. So the two friends focus on building a new community in a different part of town. Mose Bouchel, KET News.